Serious, CPS workers of Reddit, what are some horror stories that you've encountered? My agency 30 years ago had a boy that was beaten and forced into child pornography. When he was rescued at 8, he had burn marks all over him, and his arms, back, and face had been sliced with a knife. His back had chain whip scars and his arm was broken so badly that it never healed right, and the nerve damage resulted in the need for it to be amputated. The boy spoke with a stutter and was paranoid. He was put in a group home, and then a foster home. He was close with his foster family's neighbors and ran away with them when they moved away. He wasn't found until he was 21, so he was legally allowed to stay with them. We didn't work with him since he ran away, but two years ago I saw him being interviewed on TV. He was shockingly healthy looking, no stutter. I hope he found the peace and love he deserved with the family he ran away with. This is refreshing to see, good on the kid for being able to recover. One of the worst was a case I was jointly investigating with police and the teen girl was being constantly physically shamed by her stepfather. The girl told me that her stepdad would always tell her they were lovers in a past life and they are celestial soulmates, and told her whenever he would frick his wife he couldn't keep his dong hard unless he thought of her. The mother knew for years what was going on but didn't want to leave him. We confronted the mom about the stepdad and she knew the stepdad couldn't come unless he fantasizes about her daughter. When the detective told the mom she was being arrested her only response was but I have work in the morning she had no remorse. That will always stay with me. It freaking amazes me that people like this who value their relationships more than their kids. I worked with a family where the mother and her two children under the age of 4 were held hostage, savagely violated, at times with loaded firearms, and brutally tortured for a few months before they were able to escape. I don't think I'll ever be able to forget the images of their mangled bodies from that first night I saw them in the air, barely recognizable as humans. I think the hardest part of that whole story is that the children are in custody and flourishing, but the plan is reunification with the mother who is back with the abuser. Another time, a little girl was complaining to her teacher about how her down there hurts because daddy was rough with her. Turns out daddy admitted he liked to make videos of himself fricking his single digit aged daughter. He planned on showing them to his wife in the event she did not want to frick him. I've also had other cases that are bad, but not as traumatic to experience as a worker, like a mom who tried to sell her children on Craigslist. Physical abuse that causes broken bones but goes unreported and mental health issues that affect how well a mother can take care of her kids. I was surprised how a lot of my assumptions about being a CPS worker have been completely shattered by the families I encountered as an intern in a forensic unit. It wasn't the poor and downtrodden that I interacted with most of the time, but the middle class white family that would go unnoticed. It really blows my mind. From my wife, who works with disabled abused otherwise non-standard kids. One day, we had a potential new kid for our daycare program. We were showing him the facility, and he noticed a few workers who were replacing a window. Another kid put a chair through it that morning. He looks at them, and asks what you as fuckers doing. We were ever so slightly appalled, but then again the kid has a rough home life. After the tour, we stuck him in one of the groups to see how he got along with other children. Cue a high-pitched scream and a crying kid. What happened, you ask? The little guy had crawled between a skirt-wearing woman's legs and tried to shove his finger right in her lady bits. When questioned, he stated that he does it with his sister all the time. We later learned that the whole family often watched P together. Hilulu foster care. And now for the shocker. That little boy was 5 years old.
just how people do this amazes me. We all have the same apparatus for thoughts and deed and a select few get it so desperately wrong. I don't understand at all. Not with CPS but I was a child therapist who worked in a school. I saw some really terrible stuff. One thing that broke my heart was a kid who frequently defecated on himself while at school. His parent wouldn't take him to the doctor to make sure there was no physical issue, and wouldn't be bothered to send him with extra clothes or bring him extra clothes, so he would have to spend all day in school with poop in his pants. His teachers would sit a chair outside the classroom near the door so he could still hear the lessons. He wasn't even one of my clients, because his parent wouldn't agree. I think the saddest part is the parents not giving the child an extra set of clothes. If I was the teacher I would buckle down and buy him an extra set, since the parents neglect to. I was working as a social worker and got called for an emergency case. I had to drive 3.5 hours south to pick up a 3 year old girl. The only information I got was be prepared for a bad case. When I got to the hospital where the child was at, I was led to the room where the child's aunt and the child were. The aunt had no emotions towards me. The child however, was a bit nervous but was ready to be held. I was in a bit of shock. I was not warned that the child had open oozing burns over her face, head, stomach, and legs. I was prepped by the nurses then told I would be transporting the child and aunt back up north. The entire ride I talked with the baby and sang to her. I had to make several stops to hold her and soothe her. The aunt said nothing. Right before dropping the aunt off, she asked me if she could take the baby. I told her no. She had to go to the caregivers. No other discussion. Aunt walked off without saying bye to baby. I drove baby to the caregiver. Introduced them. The baby did not want to leave me. I tried to get the caregivers to give her a gift. Feed her. Nothing worked. Finally, I just had to leave. I left out the back door. When I looked back I heard the baby screaming and I could see her staring through the window crying. I drove away. Halfway home I vomited because the thought of leaving her made me ill. I felt as though I too abandoned her. Most cases don't get to me. This little girl did. I found later, the burns were from her mother accidentally dropping a pot of boiling water on her head for the second time. I work for CPS and am still fairly new to the agency. Most of the time, reports of abuse and neglect do not result in kids needing to be removed. So, at least there's that. My most interesting case involved a 12 year old girl who was a registered diddler. She had physically shamed her siblings and the parents called CPS to ask for help because they weren't sure how to handle it. The girl ended up being charged. I'm not sure why she wasn't given some sort of inpatient treatment program instead. This happened in another state, but she was put on the registry. Her PO called CPS in my state when she and her family moved out here. Poor kid. She wasn't allowed to swim with her siblings. Couldn't go to school. Couldn't go to the park. Her siblings couldn't have friends over, etc. Just had a case where the mom was on probation for working with the cartel. Not going to give a lot of information on that, but it was definitely concerning. The freaking cartel. One of my co-workers had a Munchausen by proxy case. This poor girl had so many surgeries and was so messed up that her mother had everyone convinced the girl was paralyzed. We got involved when the girl was 16 years old. She ended up graduating with a 4.0 and going to college. So at least it ended decent. 9 month old with a 2 inch tea tear. 3 year old burned when mom set his bedroom on fire and tried to kill him. The boy survived and had to have multiple surgeries for years. 
He also ended up with mental retardation due to oxygen deprivation during the accident. Those are the worst two cases. Okay, I know it happens, but physically I don't even know how people can physically shame a baby or small child. I have a toddler and her tea is like the diameter of half a pea. Though the labia are obviously larger, there is nowhere for any penetrating object to go. I just don't understand. Worst I have ever heard absolutely turned my stomach. Worked with a lovely, kind, docile, funny guy who had formerly worked on mental health service vans. We were having a slow, quiet day and he was telling me why he would not do mental health work anymore. He was called to a farm in Wales where a woman of 21 had been discovered, malnourished with rickets and all manner of other problems, chained up in a horse box. She had been kept there from a young age. She had been kept there by her father, the mother was complicit. She was regularly violated and beaten not just by her father but by his friends too. The guy I worked with was obviously hurt by what he saw. He didn't like his part in the process of helping her. He had to pick her up from a police cell where she had been for two days. She wouldn't make eye contact and winced and made a squeaking noise whenever men came near. I have heard some nasty stories but this one is easily the most loathsome. TL. DR. Girl kept in a horse box from young age and violated by father and his associates for years. I just can't understand stories like this where there are so many other complicit people. One horrifying psychopath is one thing but for them to so easily find people who want to go along with their treachery and no one calls the cops. Truly chilling. Intake investigator here. The stuff I see is ridiculous. Walked into an active M lab that was set up in the same room a little girl was sleeping in. Found a wandering two year old. It was five hours before the parents realized he was missing. The cases where I actually do get a removal order. Prepping for court and having to defend why the agency felt the parents couldn't parent. That's almost as bad as investigating the allegations. Babies that haven't eaten in days. Homes that are so unkempt the homeless wouldn't even squat in them. The parents who need mental health services but refuse. Same for the parents who need substance abuse treatment. I see more drug related allegations than anything. It's one of the most frustrating jobs ever. We have no authority. People don't have to let us in. Or take drug screens. Or talk to us at all. Our hands are so tied that I can't believe we actually can substantiate allegations. People don't realize that we try and try and try to intervene or place services with the families to prevent future maltreatment but are unable to do so because parents feel that they don't need the help, or they dodge the workers' attempts at making contact. In my state we only have so many days to complete an investigation and then we have to close it to stay within state-mandated time limits. It's hard work, but for the few kids who you can help it means the world. Had a case where the mom was voluntarily handing her kids over since she was actively suicidal. My co-worker and I went out to serve the court paperwork to gain custody of the three kids. Four, two, ten months. And we get there and mom is obviously upset. I speak with her to let her know the process. When court will be. Where the children will be. Visitation schedule. Everything is going as smoothly as a removal can be. Kids were ready to go. We had the car seats ready. When the kids are in the cars. My co-worker and I confront her about the report we got about her slashing her wrist. She shows it to us and we tell her we aren't leaving until she goes to the hospital voluntarily or we call EMS. She starts becoming a bit defensive now, saying she will go tomorrow. We don't really leave her a choice at that point since we just removed her kids and didn't want a suicide. She goes into her friend's house. She was also homeless. 
for a bit to grab some stuff before her crisis worker takes her to the same hospital we are taking the kids, we get physicals on all of the kids we take into custody. Mum ends up in the waiting room before us and since she's been pretty forthcoming, I ask if she wants to help me check the kids and since they are her kids. That's when I noticed she was completely glazed over. I immediately tell my co-worker to escort the kids away from the mom and I ask her what she's on. H and alcohol. Literally not even 10 minutes earlier she was perfectly fine. Mum's escorted off the premises since she became belligerent. You think that would be the end of the story, but it gets worse. The kids are seen in Tridge and I have the baby in my arms and he's fussy. Really fussy. I don't have kids of my own but I know when a kid is tugging on his ear and is fussy. He probably has an ear infection. But he was hot to the touch. I had the nurse see the baby first. He had a fever of 104.7. He was immediately taken to a room to bring his temp down. The 2 year old had severe dental decay. And the 4 year old was just there. Keeping herself together. It was one of the longest nights I had and the only time I ever cried once everything was done. When I dropped the kids off at their new foster home. All three of them started crying. The older two were screaming to not leave them alone. They didn't do this when their mom left. They did when I left. I guess it was the few times that they had affection. In hindsight, I'm thankful that mom called us when she did or else that could have been a dead child. The kids have been adopted as mother couldn't stay clean long enough for a successful reunification. Thank you for what you do. I'm so glad that the kids ended up in a safe place. Kids exposed to graphic P. Baby is shaken. Beaten with sticks. Keys. Phone books. A lot of physical shaming. Mostly done by the parents. Severe neglect. No food. Locked in closets for days with no bed to toilet. Filthy homes. Parents just generally not giving a crap. Incest. Children being tied to windows and having things thrown at them. Drug use at a very young age. It's pretty gruesome. How the heck can someone just so casually do those kinds of things to their own children? I was a case manager for a private non-profit treatment foster care agency. Right out of college a worker in a group home for emotionally troubled adolescents. Every time I'd think nothing could shock me, something did. The girl who was removed from the home because who her brother physically shamed her. Brother was still at home. A boy sold for drugs at age 2. A girl forced into prostitution by her mother at age 13. A girl who lived in fear as a teen that the child P her mother allowed taken of her when she was 10 would show up in her future. Learning problems due to head trauma from abuse. So many teenage boys given away by their mothers because mom's new boyfriend didn't like the kid. Pregnant at 12 years old by her own father. Or uncle as they both violated her regularly. Two failed adoptions because the child had too many problems so adoptive parents returned them like a freaking pair of pants. A brother and sister so neglected ignored that they could barely talk at age 4 and 6. The two cases that shocked me the most. A girl of about 12 who had a hearing loss in both ears. It seems her father rammed pencils in her ears when she gave his friends a hard time when they were violating her. 
she had nightly night terrors. She was sure her father was coming to get her and was on guard every minute of every day. This was at the group home. No amount of talk about her father being in prison on the other side of the state helped. She found out we were not allowed to lock the cottage doors and was inconsolable the night I worked the overnight shift. I locked the dang doors and told the higher ups. We needed to do it. She was sure her father would find her and kill her and if I tried to save her he'd kill me too. And it would be all my fault that you died. The other was a 16 year old was gang debauched by her boyfriend's friends. Gang. She said about 10 of them. She ended up with a clap. And crabs. As well as cervical. T and backdoor scar tissue from trauma. She ran away from foster care. Guess where she ran? Yep. To her boyfriend. When she was found she told me it was okay now because she had already been done. No one was ever charged or even arrested. I lasted 10 years in the field. I lasted 3 months. Had to drive kids to and from visitations and such. The worst was a kid whose parent I never met because I gave the case away. A dad who had beaten a small child. Around the age of 6. So severely the child had a blown pupil. Fractures to the face and other such things. I did meet the child once. And she was adorable. So nice and sweet. Seemingly innocent. The family where she was seemed nice as well. Then it came time for me to arrange a visitation with the father. I gave the case to my co-worker and told him that if I saw him in person I would probably flip out and destroy him on sight. Three months was plenty for me. $24k and I was driving around 100 miles round trip daily. Nope the frick out. Feral children with flatheads living in fesses and maggots who could barely speak or talk from such severe neglect. Parents stoned all day and burning the kids with cigarettes for discipline. I see them on Facebook sometimes bitching about CPS took their kids for no reason. I used to be really liberal and now I think we should execute parents like that on sight. Kids beaten to death. Baby is beaten to death. Kids beaten until they are blind and braindead. Kids violated so hard they have nerve damage. Baby is violated. Kids given drugs. People living in filth. Drugs drugs drugs. No charges for the parents with the feral kids. I lasted 2 years before quitting. 24 dollars k a year is not enough for the secondary trauma. I also have worked for CPS. I lasted 8 years. Thank you for bringing up secondary trauma. I wish more people understood the trauma that comes with this job. It starts to affect your personal life. After seeing horrible physical abuse day after day, it was hard to have any kind of private life with my so. The state I worked for had no assistance for workers dealing with this trauma, unfortunately. I work in a crisis treatment center, New England, and we often get kids brought in who have endured unfathomable abuse and neglect. The story that stands out to me the most involved an 8 year girl I met about 3 months into this job. I had just transferred to that particular unit and was unfamiliar with her case. I noticed that she had extreme attachment issues. She was desperate for attention. And I was warned to be careful when walking by her room at night because she would often masturbate in bed. Anyway, at the end of my shift, I read up on her case. And what I found still makes my stomach turn whenever I think about it. The girl's bio father was never in the picture, but moment her live-in boyfriend started physically abusing her from the age of 2, the boyfriend would make her perform fellatio on him. 
then urinate on her after he finished. They also groomed her to perform fellatio on her 7 year brother when she was 5. Eventually, she was taken out of the house and put into a foster home, where she was forced to take part in an adult club. Honestly, I don't know how that never became a public scandal, especially because it's a small state. The girl eventually ended up with a pre-adoptive mom with whom she seemed to do well. That is, until it emerged that the mom was diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder. Whether or not one believes that this is a real thing is for another time. Regardless, the woman had severe mental issues. This poor girl had the worst body odor I had ever smelled, and it was difficult to get her to shower. She went to her long-term program again, as and only for crisis stabilization, and I've recently moved. So I doubt I will ever see her again. But I know that I will never forget her story. And I wish her the best of luck. There is a pretty horrific case in my hometown that resulted in a federal investigation of the county's CPS practices. This 8 year old boy was physically and mentally abused for many years. He regularly had bruises, broken bones, burns, ligature marks, etc. His mom and her boyfriend would send him to school in girls clothes to humiliate him. The case had been reported to CPS by teachers, medical staff, even neighbors. There was an active worker on his case. Neighbors would hear terrible screams, see the boy bruised, etc, but felt helpless because CPS was already aware of the case. Police would be called to the residence, only to leave soon after. Last year the poor boy died after a marathon torture session by the parents. Neighbors heard horrific screams, loud banging noises etc, but nobody came until the next day where his body was discovered. It caused a lot of anger from the community including suspension of every CPS worker on the case, and the rest going on strike asking for better working conditions. There was simply too many cases per worker, and many of them felt this would have been avoided if there was proper staffing. Texas CPS here going on 5 years. I am an MSW and now paid about 46k a year and receive great benefits. I would like a different job but it would have to pay around 55k for it to be worth it for me. So I am still with CPS. Anyway, worst cases. Dead toddler who was beaten and violated over the course of a day while mom was at work because she wet her pants. I had to photo all the bruises and what he did to her tea and anus at the hospital. Sometimes I see those pictures in my head still. Dad casually accounting to how he licks and fingers his 5 years old daughter's vagina because I don't know why. Girl who had to have several surgeries to repair her feet because her dad and brothers disciplined her by beating her feet with 2 by 4s with nails in them. Dad spewing hate about CPS to anyone who will give him a second but what really happened is he admitted to violating his two young daughters since they were in diapers after children disclosed and were screened at the hospital. Despite these being typical cases being called a child stealer by the public, this job is not for people who think the world is an alright place. Watching a 6 year old's homemade iPhone pee made with his 4 year old cousin, while sitting in the same room as his great grandmother. The 5 children removed from a dirty home, ages 3-8, they were sleeping a mattress infested with rats. The kid that was physically shamed by an adult sibling and the parents called the kid a liar, even though there was DNA evidence. Tween age kid tried to commit suicide. Oh yeah, the kid watched a parent and a sibling be murdered, then a suicide of the parent's significant other as a toddler. The crime was not discovered for hours. 
Another family, the father beat the mother regularly and then one of the preschool aged kids said, don't beat mom, beat me instead, and the dad did, this happened more than once. The dad also physically shamed his daughters, they told their grandmother later they would wear multiple layers of pants in the hopes that it would deter their dad, it didn't. Another girl, mom puts her with a relative when the girl is a toddler, he proceeds to severely physically shame her for 10 years, she said she thought the physically shaming was normal, like brushing your teeth, later her mom is murdered and the girl becomes addicted to him, she had kids and loses custody of them. Kid's mom has a loser boyfriend who beats and physically shamed the kid and her sibling. Mom continues to have contact with this man to this day. Kid is removed and placed with her grandfather, who physically shamed her for years. Finally gets removed from him, but he's never prosecuted. As a tween, she was recruited by a pimp. She was then physically exploited. Child prostitution for the non-PC crowd. For the next 5 years. Didn't matter where we'd move her, a pimp would find her. Worst time was when I had to pick her up after a John tried to kill her. We were at the hospital for hours. I had a parent on a case become a quadriplegic from a domestic violence incident. The perpetrator was not prosecuted. Prior to me having the case, one of my girls stomped a cat to death and strangled another. A co-worker's client killed a puppy by hanging it. A kid, first grader, drew me a picture of hanging her cousin which she wanted to do because her cousin was too pretty. She had been severely physically shamed while her homeless parents allowed a random guy to do whatever he wanted to do to her for a couple of years. She kept trying to molest her younger brother. Her brother had been so neglected his speech was unintelligible. She was living with a relative after being removed, but had to be placed in a residential facility. There are also the daddy grandpa cases. Dead babies. This always has been and always will be the answer to this question. The worst thing I have ever encountered in my job is dead babies. It is something you never get used to. It's something you shouldn't have to get used to. 3 day old sodomized by her father. The mother called father to warn him that the police wanted to talk to him. She said she did it because she loved him. They both went to prison. The baby died a couple days after surgery to repair a ruptured bowel and bladder. I don't usually like to discuss this stuff. I want to spare people, but sometimes I you just have to tell someone. I think the public should know all these cases. If people understood how common this was real prevention maybe would happen. At least child welfare wouldn't be met with such hostility. Short stint as a CPS worker. Had a dad take his kid to the hospital for a broken limb 24 hours after he was told by his ex. That dropped the kid off. Their kid might have a broken arm. I get there and the other kids are covered in scabies and malnourished. I go see the kid with the broken arm and he has the worst scabies of all the kids. I met dad and he was aloof to all his children looking like crap. I came super close to beating his butt in the hospital. I work for the state a few times a year as an actor, role playing abused children to train CPS workers, police, and others who conduct interviews of abused children. We get a child's backstory to memorize. And we have to understand and accurately portray the way a child thinks, behaves and responds to questions. This training is vital, as children have a fluid notion of fantasy and reality that can easily be changed by the process, and the wrong people can end up in jail, or guilty people can end up back on the streets. The most difficult thing about the job is living these horror stories in your mind, 
and realizing that they are all true. The people who created the program use real case histories for all the characters we play. I tell you, some people are hard. Maybe the job does not bother them, but from the mind of a child, they add to the trauma. The interviewers who connect, calm, and help the most are those who take it a little personal, and allow themselves to be affected. I have ultimate respect for CPS and police who do this job. The burnout rate must be high, and that is tragic because their work is so important. I worked in psych for years. I've had several patients who neglected their kids, but nothing as bad as the others in this thread. However, the worst I've experienced was CPS taking a couple's child away because the mother smoked marijuana for her depression, never around the kids. I mean, if you keep vodka on the counter, that's fine, but smoke some weed by yourself at night, and you get your kids taken away. Worse than that is the fact that some parents drink to the point where it negatively impacts their children, and they are still able to keep them, because alcohol is socially acceptable and weed is not. I'm a mandated reporter, which I view as a serious thing. It makes me sad that I've never talked to anyone at CPS and had the impression they cared about what I was telling them. I called on a girl who came to school with a nolly cut on her face and she wouldn't tell me what happened. She fell asleep in class no matter what. So deeply she snored, and wet her pants several times. In the 7th grade, I called her guardian and aunt, and was told her kids were back with their parents, who obviously didn't have legal custody for a reason but the aunt obviously let them go. When I called CPS the worker kept asking me if I knew she was being abused, and when I said no, but the signs were saying something is wrong and the kid isn't even living with a person who has custody. I got a very patronizing talk about this not sounding dangerous. This girl's brother also beats the crap out of other kids on a regular basis and finally got expelled last year for trying to light a bus on fire. As someone else said, the dead babies. I worked all areas of CPS for 15 years. From taking the first call and writing up reports for other workers, to working with abusive families trying to keep them intact. I worked with kids in foster care trying to get them back home to getting them legally free for adoption. Also worked certifying foster parents. I was very good at my many jobs. Came up the ranks quickly. Saw the worst and the best in people. Sometimes on the same day, but the crumpled bodies of small children. Killed by those that were meant to protect them. I was on the statewide child death commit. Saw them all. It was a committee formed by law enforcement, CPS child legal advocates, community people as well. We were supposed to figure out how to lower the numbers. An interdisciplinary approach. There are no good answers. Society doesn't really want to think about these things in the money dose and tea flow in CPS direction. We either pulled the children for no reason or let them die and laughed. Someone posted that there was mostly crappy work done by CPS. Very true. Appalled at some things that happened around me, but low pay and poor work conditions, what else can be expected? My mother works for a mental health counseling center. Her official job title is intensive and home family counseling. If there is one thing I've learned from her it's that CPS doesn't help nearly the amount you would think. Child pregnant with her mom's boyfriend child for the second time? I'll keep the kid there. Five children being violated ranging from 3 until 17. Tell the guy to leave. CPS try to keep the child in the care of the family which in most of their cases is not the best idea. 
I worked in child protection for 5 years and have heard about more horrors than I can remember. There were plenty of times I cried. I have had to politely greet diddlers and show them to meeting rooms, knowing exactly how fricked up their kids are because of the actions of these monsters. However, I am not prepared to give details of any cases, regardless of anonymity, just to entertain other redditors. These kids have enough crap to deal without strangers on the internet wanting to hear about the abuse they have endured for their own amusement. I agree with everyone who is saying it is important to talk about abuse. However, as I have said elsewhere in another comment, the title of this thread rubbed me the wrong way. The sensationalist tell me your horror stories feels inappropriate and disrespectful to those affected, and sounds to me like someone is asking for these stories for entertainment. This comment was aimed at OP. If the title was more sensitive I would have considered sharing a few stories. I worked in a behavior treatment group care facility for teens for 5 years. One of the worst stories we ever had was a girl who witnessed her mother's murder. Mom had fallen out of favor with a gang so they locked her in a doghouse and set it on fire. She burned to death. The girl was 10 at the time. My uncle was in the police for 35 years or so. He was in Glasgow, a particularly run-down part. Child welfare was one of the things he dealt with, alongside social workers. During that time he said he saw stuff he genuinely couldn't believe anyone could be sick enough to do, least of all to a kid. You ever read Heart of Darkness? It was kind of like that apparently. How people could be so inhumane and brutal. Like the family where both parents ran a child pee ring mother filming the father violating the 3 yo. Or like the times when they'd go into inter-council flats and find children starving and malnourished. While the mum just ignored then and watched daytime TV and drank. Or like the time that they raided a flat and arrested a drug dealer and his girlfriend. Their child was about 7 yo apparently and already was taking H. Pawsey had to go to some clinic to help him kick the habit. Or the woman who hit her baby whenever it cried she gave it brain damage. And, arguably more or less distressing, when often my uncle was interrogating youth criminals, before robbery, assault, drugs, even murder occasionally, it would come out quite often that they were kicked out of the house by the mother's new boyfriend after their parents had split up. Not sure of these couples who was the more despicable. My uncle said he hated his job yet he realized that if everyone refused to do it, there would be no justice, and this abuse would carry on. But nevertheless it has clearly affected him loads. He always looks depressed, had that eternally tired looking expression he rarely smiles. My dad said he was the complete opposite as a teenager but the job changed him completely. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video. Bye for now.